June 11th. We turn our attention now to the New Testament and the reading for today. It'll come from the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 51, and go through chapter 8, verse 13. And here's what's going on there. The main thrust of Stephen's message is that Israel always resisted the truth and rejected the deliverers God sent to them. They opposed Moses and repeatedly wanted to return to Egypt. They opposed Joseph, and he later became their Redeemer. They rejected the many prophets God sent to warn them and call them back to His way. Finally, they rejected their own Messiah and crucified Him. Israel's history reveals the patience of God and the hardness of man's heart. But it also reveals a ray of hope. Israel rejected their deliverers the first time, but accepted them the second time. And now let's begin our reading in the New Testament for today. June 11th, Acts chapter 7, verse 51, through chapter 8, verse 13. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? But your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the Righteous One, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily upward into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears, and drowning out his voice with their shouts, they rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. The official witnesses took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Saul was one of the official witnesses at the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles fled into Judea and Samaria. Some godly men came and buried Stephen with loud weeping. Saul was going everywhere to devastate the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into jail. But the believers who had fled Jerusalem went everywhere preaching the good news about Jesus. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, claiming to be someone great. The Samaritan people, from the least to the greatest, often spoke of him as 
the Great One, the power of God. He was very influential because of the magic he performed. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the great miracles and signs Philip performed. Today, I wanted to just really hit on something. Successfully dealing with pain. I think you hear, you, you, you hear many stories and, and, and every story I just sat in the back room and listened to, I'm, I'm watching these people triumph and, and figure out ways to keep going. But how do you keep going? Why do you keep going? When the world says everything else is supposed to be opposite. Every time you come up to a challenge, you quit, you surrender, you give up, you give in. Every single thing I go through, I remember I was homeless and I draw from it. Every single time I'm going through pain, I remember that I've gone through pain since I was a kid. I draw from it. Recycle your pain. Get something from it. You're already in pain. Use it. Do something with it. Allow it to take you to the next level. Allow your pain to push you to greatness. There's two sides of pain that I don't think a lot of people really understand. Right? There's, there's one side of pain that's the suffering and the discomfort side of pain. But then there's another side of pain that's called effort. It's called glory. It's called if you can find a way to push through pain, there's something greater on the other side of it. And, and, and if you never tap into it, it's because the first time you felt it, you back off. The first time you felt, ah, that burn. The first time you felt that, ah, it's too much. That's why a bunch of us give up so much in life so quickly. That's why kids have a problem finishing things in today's time. Because as soon as they feel a small bit of discomfort of things ain't right oh they gone I can't do it no more but suppose I told you the greatest pain of my life is the reason I'm standing here today see sometimes we think the pain is what controls us it's actually our subconscious mind that if we ever tapped into that that's what dictates most of our lives because see pain Pain is tricky because if you don't control pain, it'll control you. Think about what we do the moment we feel that, right? That's back to the two sides of faith, the, the two sides of pain. See, at that point, I feel like a victim. And I feel like, oh man, why me? You know, and, and when I feel, I remember laying on the ground. And I said, Lou, ain't nobody out here gonna help you get up makes you get up when you fall down 
What makes your mentality change? If there's a great situation or there's a bad situation, how do you dictate that based off the level of pain? Because I think that's what we're getting in trouble at. So when I started cycling, when I started going to see these doctors, I realized that I turned my greatest pain into my greatest achievement. Well, sometimes your greatest pain, it ain't even about you. It's about a greater purpose. That if you can find a way to push through, that if you can find a way to not make it about you, Learn, learn to appreciate the occasional storms that come in your life. Just learn to appreciate how small they are, the occasional storms that come every day. And then that's the ingredient. Today, we're reading from Psalm 129, where we'll see Israel's afflictions are compared to the plowing of a field. Think of what it would be like to be face down in the dirt while a plow goes down your back. If the Lord is allowing people to plow your back, well, it's happening because He's planned a harvest. Just be sure you plant the right kind of seed. If you plant anger and malice, you will not reap the blessings of the Lord. Be careful. Second, you trust the Lord to help you. In His own time, He will stop the plows and cut the cords so they cannot plow anymore. All their efforts will be useless. Plowing times can be productive times. Psalm 129, verses 1-8 through A Song for the Ascent to Jerusalem From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me. Let Israel now say, From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me, but they have never been able to finish me off. My back is covered with cuts, as if a farmer had plowed long furrows. But the Lord is good. He has cut the cords used by the ungodly to bind me. May all who hate Jerusalem be turned back in shameful defeat." May they be as useless as grass on a rooftop, turning yellow when only half-grown, ignored by the harvester, despised by the binder. And may those who pass by refuse to give them this blessing. The Lord's blessings be upon you. We bless you in the Lord's name. Proverbs 17, verse 1. A dry crust eaten in peace is better than a great feast with strife.